Hey friends, welcome to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Kendra, and we're two moms that live across the street from each other. And between us, we have 10 kids. We live life together, have fun, and we just want to share that with you guys. We are so glad you're here. On this podcast each week, we think everyone needs a little bit of hope. And we want to tell stories of hope, of how God has changed people's lives. He's shown up in good times and in hard times, and and He can show up for you too. All right, we hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan. How's it going? Today we have such a fun podcast for you. So most of our episodes, all of our episodes have been our real life friends who we actually know. And this is the first one where we kind of fangirled a little bit because we got to bring in someone that we really admire and so much so we talk about her on every single podcast we have mary bielski on the show today and if you've been around a while you know why we love her we talk about it in the show but mary is a catholic speaker and just a woman who chases hard after the lord um, she's not afraid to step out and pray over people to just do what god's called her to do to invite people in whether they're catholic they're christian they don't know the lord at all Um, She's there to be his hands and feet, and I've watched her minister to young girls and to adults, and just the way she lives out her faith and the way the Holy Spirit is just burning inside her is, it's, it's amazing. And we wanted her to come today to share that fire with all of us, because as part of our Lenten series, we have to start with prayer, and we have to invite the Holy Spirit. So today, we're going there, friends. Come, Holy Spirit. I, I pray that by the end of this episode, you are more emboldened with the Spirit, that you want to learn more about the Spirit, grow in relationship with Him, and invite Him into your life. All right, guys, enjoy. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hi, Megan. How are you? Hi, I'm good. So, you guys, we have somebody here that I'm so excited about. Her name is going to ring a bell. If you've, if you've been listening to our podcast, her it name will ring might. a bell. <laughs> you may have heard us say this name a time or two. We have Mary Bielski here. Yay. And you, Yay. If you listen to our podcast, you know that we end every single episode by Mary Bielskiing each other and saying, what's God doing in your heart today? And the reason is because she asked Kendra that question two yeah. years ago. Two years ago at an Ablaze Benefit dinner. Um, we were just talking after you, you spoke to the whole crowd and just rocked our socks off <laughs> Yeah, and it was just, hi, how are you? We're fellow redheads. That's awesome. Hey, what God, what is God doing in your heart? <laughs> we're doing this. Okay, let's go. And I had so much on my heart at that time and I just poured it out to you and you, um, spoke into it so beautifully and it was amazing. And ever since then I wanted to do that to people. Um, but I was too shy and too timid. They're going to think I'm crazy, you know? Um, but just recently, I went, to a, I went to a wedding and I was like, Megan, I'm going to marry Bielski. Two people. It's going to happen. It was her goal. <laughs> and it I love it. Did you do it? I did. And it was so beautiful and fruitful. And um, it was such a gift. So thank you for that witness. It was really fun. Sister. God. So Mary yeah. is a um, Catholic speaker, speaks at Steubenville and lots of big, wonderful conferences like that. And I got to hear her for the first time. I think it was I was trying to do the math. I think it was eight years ago that I saw oh, you Lord have mercy. in America. And I think it was with Paul J. Kim. I think it was the first time I saw no him. No way. Well. Yeah, I think. That's, I'm trying to remember. Awesome. Um, and I just know that 
I had didn't know who you were at the time and you came out on that stage and by the end of it we were all in tears <laughs> like we laughed we cried all these little girls were like all huddled up hugging each other and Aww. just like you spoke such beauty and truth to um, the teens in our youth ministry. And I, after that, I was like, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> like anytime I could hear Mary speak. And so when you came to speak at the Ablaze dinner um, two years ago, we all stayed. So we live in Austin, right? And we drove down to College Station for that benefit. And that we had three families. Mm -hmm. How many kids did we have that time? 14? Yeah, I, I think. think so. And we all stayed in a like ranch house type thing like together. Yeah. And um, we had two big girls with us that were babysitters and they took care of the little ones so that we could come to the benefit dinner. And while you were speaking that night, we got a, a text. Do you remember that? Yes. And the babysitter was like, Miss Megan, I need help. I need help right now because Philomena has been impaled. <laughs> And Kendra's daughter had been impaled by a stick in her foot. A thorn. And it was about four was inches huge. long. It was massive. It was, it was like probably half an inch around. Almost. Yeah, it, I mean, was, it was huge. Big. And it was in the middle of your talk. <laughs> and so we start scrambling around going, how are we going to fix this? Who's going to, yeah. do we need to leave? Like we're like 30 minutes away from their house. What are we going to do? Yeah. And Chris talked the babysitter into pulling it out of her foot. I thought for sure when she pulled it out, Philomena was going to start shooting blood and yeah. it out right there. Like that was my <laughs> image is that like on, on, you know, like ER or something like blood oh, just yes. starts flying everywhere, but she was just fine. <laughs> yeah. That was like what I could see. But anyways, that's our funny. Like, Wait, aren't you supposed to not pull it out? I always remember like the stories is like, you're supposed to keep right? it impaled. Right. Forever. Well, that's what they say on Grey's Anatomy. You keep it impaled <laughs> until you get to surgery. Right. That's right. That's where I learned that. I'm maybe pretty it's sure. With with vital organs. If it's maybe like not, a, ooh, yeah, maybe. a hole cool. through your abdomen right. is different than Leave a stick it. in your foot. Can pull it. <laughs> okay. So I think that's where we draw the line. I think that's the standard <laughs> from here on out. We're declaring. It was pretty funny though. And all I could think of in that moment is like, I don't want to leave and go home and take care of it. I know, me too. I want to stay here. <laughs> Gabby was like, no, no, I don't want to pull it out. And Philomena was about to not let her pull it out. And we're like, you're going to do this. Because we don't want to come home. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that, but we don't want to come home. <laughs> Anyways, Mary is fantastic. You yes. want to tell us a little hey, bit? Hey, time out. Can I just say I'm so impressed with your babysitter? Bless her as she's listening I today. Bless yeah, all the kiddos. That's amazing. <laughs> she is. She's an amazing girl. She yeah. really is. Sweet Gabby. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I didn't even know all those great things. So I need to talk to you ladies more often because it makes <laughs> me feel great about myself, especially after a long day where I'm kind of uh, tired, but um, no. So I, yeah, I'm a, a speaker, a preacher, whatever you want to say that evangelist. And then I also do some life coaching now, which has been a beautiful transition in the last couple of years um, with inner healing work and prayer work and just helping people kind of grow more fully and to who God created them to be, mostly adults. And I have a couple of young teens, only two teens, but that's because their parent, their mothers were like, please help me. <laughs> so, but in general, mostly women and adults. And that's been really fruitful um, since I live now behind Zoom, my new best friend, yeah. uh, love and hate relationship. And so um, thanks COVID and that's it. And so I, I'm an evangelist and I'm hungry for Jesus. Basically mm -hmm. hungry for him. Evangelist is hungry for Jesus. Yeah. I, I love that. To be my title. I Fantastic. love that. So we're going to do some rapid fire questions. You ready? Go for it. Okay. How do you take your coffee? Uh, you cream only. 
I do too. If you're in ministry and you don't, you don't drink coffee, I don't know who you are. Like, I don't know how you survive, but Vampire. Um, yeah, so I do, I do cream and no sugar because I'm a sweet enough. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have a random fear? Random fear. Um, I have like the deep, profound fears, like rip out your heart. I'm afraid to be alone. Um, I am sometimes afraid that the elevator door won't open. It's like a random fear that like you're going to get locked in the ele elevator. Just random thought. Yeah, that's I a very legitimate. I, I mean, what? I mean, of course you can climb up the you can climb up the shaft, but you're always like that one moment where it's like ding, and then it doesn't open. You're like, oh lord, please open this door, and then it does. <laughs> I think we watch too many movies. I think so too. I, know, I was just seriously. thinking, well, if you climb up the shaft and then it starts working, then you're not in a very good situation. <laughs> you have to hold on to the cable. It's just really dangerous right. at that yeah. point. <laughs> That's right. I also have a really bizarre fear. Like the, I take a lot of flights and I always sleep. This is not bizarre, but I can never sleep before a flight because, which is often, because I'm always paranoid that my alarm is not going to go off. So oh. even if I set my alarm to my phone or do whatever, if I have like an early flight, I won't, it's bizarre. I will not sleep barely at all. Like I'll be up oh at like gosh. three because my body's like, I'm going to oversleep this. I'm going to oversleep this. I'm like, okay, you're not going to oversleep it. And then I stay up. So you're wow. exhausted like, for every trip when you go out. And basically. Sleep. I mean, not every, it's gotten better, but a lot of trips in my life, I'm always like, wow. but if it's not like a crack of dawn, it's the 4am, 5am flights where I have to be at the airport at 4am. I get a little nervous. Yeah. yeah. You can ask the guardian angel to be your alarm clock back up. See, that's right. I'll just have you guys call me. <laughs> I'll do it. Sounds good. Um, what's a wild God moment that you've experienced? Oh my gosh. So many, let's see <clears throat> a wild God moment. Um, I mean, I had a recent one that was pretty awesome where I just had a great encounter with the Lord, which I'll talk about later. Um, I have, do you want me to share? Okay. I'll share a great God moment that I had. I have a lot of God moments on the airplane of evangelism and like sharing my faith generally on the airplane. I'm going to try to sum this one up because it's one of my favorite ones. I don't like to always talk to people on airplanes. I know I'm lovely. I know you'd want to talk to me. <laughs> sometimes after a long weekend of ministry, I'm like, don't talk to me. I want to just sleep yeah. and rest. Yeah. And, put my and so I remember one day, this is kind of a cool, more so an evangelistic, evangelistic moment where I was sitting on the plane and this woman sat next to me. And so she starts chit-chatting and I'm like, Lord, I really don't want to chit-chat. But then I hear the Lord saying, nope. I'm going to let you chit chat. I'm like, okay. So we end up talking and lo and behold, the Lord is like, I want you to talk to her and ask her questions. So we ended up going into the whole faith thing. And it was a beautiful conversation. I, I did the Mary Bielski and <laughs> lo and behold, she was like sharing her whole life story and was a little bit like re reluctant to go to church. She was a previous church goer and now no longer. And, um, really shared some deep things. And I kind of was like, listen, I don't, I don't care about a lot of things, but you'll never be, I was kind of going after her in a loving way. Like after I, I held back in the first like 10 minutes and then like the last, we talked the entire flight, the last wow. couple of minutes, I was gently saying like, just be open. Right. And I was sharing my own story, blah, blah, blah. Then I get off the plane and my next flight is, is delayed. I come and I'm going to go sit down when, when a guy behind me says, you you're a minister right you you you're a christian and he, i look at him like what i'm like how did you know that and he's like i could just tell and i'm like what and then he's like oh, i'm just kidding i was sitting in front of you at the plane i'm like oh, that's so, funny. <laughs> so then he said i'll finish this is crazy so then he's like but i heard you talking to the girl behind me and it intrigued me will you sit down with me so for lunch and then i thought he was trying to ask my number because he was younger i was like is this a setup lord no, it is false but he ended up again, he sat with me and we started talking and he had all these questions of the faith. And um, 
And so long story short, we ended up talking the entire time. And the cool part about it is like, he was agnostic. I think he had fallen away. And I said, you don't think it's by accident that you were just sitting in front of me. And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's pretty strange. And I said, well, we'll just see. I ended up praying with him very like a short prayer. Cause when I pray with people that don't know Jesus, I don't go crazy. I'm just like, wow. bless them Lord, you know, like something simple. Yeah. And then he said, um, but then we found out that we were going to be on the next flight together. And the crazy thing that God did is like, we, he was like, I'm not going to believe that this is God. I'm like, you don't think it's weird that you just happen to sit next to the evangelist. And then you get in line at the, you know, the food place. And then this, and he's like, no, I don't believe in that stuff. And he's like, maybe if we were sitting right next to each other, I'm like, yeah, maybe, but that's not going to happen. Right. Cause we're in the second flight randomly. Why would it be? So we get in line and this is the, it was so amazing. So he's like, what, what seat are you? And I'm like nine a, and he, he looked at his, and his like, his said nine C and we looked at each other. And there was one seat between us. And he's like, no way. I'm like, I'm just saying that's crazy. So we ended up sitting next to each other in this last flight. And um, we talked the most beautiful story. I ended up just, I mean, deep questions of faith. This doesn't always happen, but in the end, we still keep in touch. Um, We still text. I sent him a book with, you know, some Christian Catholic teachings and um, you never know what's going to happen on flight. So that's not crazy, but it just like the idea that God just, yeah, connected these two stories and it was amazing. So that's like a little thing of everyday life. I wow. love that so much. I love that. The it just blows me away that you would be so bold to speak to people like that, especially when you're so tired and you're on your yeah. third flight and just sometimes I don't. I'm sounding much holier. There are many times that I put my earphones in and nothing happens. <laughs> that's pretty. So, much so please know I'm very. And then sometimes I don't put. Yeah. So I'm I'm giving you a good God story. That, no, that's not a, all yeah. of them. That's a really that's good, a good one. one. That's a really good one. Okay. Um, if you could domesticate any wild animal for a pet, what would it be? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. A ferret. They smell. Um, <laughs> don't they smell? I feel like I smell. I coached a girl. I shouldn't say this. No one knows who it is. I coached this college kid who like her desire was to have a pet ferret. And I thought it was the most fascinating, amazing thing ever and weird. And I loved it, but, um, I, I don't know. What would you guys do? This is like too intense. I have lately been like stuck on the idea of having a baby elephant. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, yeah. Answering that question that on one of our podcasts. Answering yeah. the question if you would rather have an elephant-sized cat or a cat-sized yes. elephant, it would be amazing to have a cat-sized elephant. I want a cat-sized elephant. So, that doesn't really exist. So though. cute. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I would That's, want a giraffe. I didn't know we could change like, you know, reality. Yeah, in that case, <laughs> why not? All right. I, I have no idea at the top of my head. I guess I have, oh, you know what? Maybe a cute little, I have, I have a love for llamas, strangely. Mm. Oh, Although, and then I found out they spit a lot or maybe that's camels. I don't know, but I just think they're adorable and goofy. And I have a little, my mom gave me a little small llama that is still, I don't have stuffed animals, but llamas and lions are my two little, mm-hmm. I love llamas. They probably like the weirdness in me and then the fire in me. Who knows? I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Last question. What do you do to fill your bucket? Relax. Wine wine. I'm kidding. Uh, I mean the Holy spirit, of course. Uh, what do I do? I like, honestly, I'm really lame. And the biggest things that I do is I have time with friends and family. Like everybody, I, I love board games and I love a good glass of wine. And so honestly, like if I had to pick anything I could do in a night, I would be in comfy clothes with my good friends and I'd be playing a board game and a good glass of wine. Like that is my jam or maybe go into a musical, but even nowadays I'm just with COVID. I don't want to get dressed. I just want to wear gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Just wear a sweatshirt. 
right? So yeah, I, I'm kind of like I deep conversations as you would suspect, or random conversations, laughing with some wine and a good a good game. Mm, that's perfect. We love games too. What's your yeah. favorite game? Uh, I mean, right now I'm on a big Catan. Catan, I say Catan. Oh, yes. uh, I like this. I like the strategic games, and usually yeah. my roommates think they're too competitive, but I love like world domination, which is like <laughs> right. not yes. very holy. Those kind. Yeah. yeah. I like sequence. I like. I don't know. What do you all like? We like those kind of games too. What's what? the one that we're really good at? That's what I was about to ask you. Codenames? Code no, it's not no. Codenames. Oh, Codenames is really great. We like Codenames. Codenames is great. We play that too. That's great. Yeah. Fun. We, we're good at that one too. I can't think of oh it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Crypt Blank slate. Decrypto. Decrypto. We, we don't have that. Our so husbands fun. and Decrypto. Yeah. They, cannot, they can't stop us. I think because we like have one brain at this point. Yes. <laughs> like, well, so you guys would be amazing at code names. Well, so we, code names we and decrypto are really too. similar. It's like yeah. a harder yeah. version of code names. We're really good at that one too. Yeah, we like that too here. We but the husband still us at all the strategic ones or kill me anyways. I yeah. can't do those. I don't have patience. Right. They're fun. Yeah, they we are. we played a lot during the, the snowpocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we so, did. So is that all you got? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. can we marry Bielski you? You can marry the else. Give me go. Well, hold on. It. Let's do you last because save I want to hear you. We're gonna say best for last. Yeah. So Kendra, okay. Megan. Oh, I said it Megan. First. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll go first. Wait. What is what is God doing in your heart, Megan? God doing in my heart. So, um, my word of the year this year was restoration, and mm. um, we've been going through a really hard season, and um, and I have a new baby she's not new now. She's nine months old, but she used to be new anyways. So she's been a ton of joy, but there's also been a, it's been a really, really hard season. My husband's been really sick and, um, with a rare, weird disease that we don't, that most people don't know how to treat. And, um, but for the past month, he's been healthy, like every single day for a month, which is shocking because it was day by day before, yeah. like we couldn't make it two days without him um, having a really big flare up and being really sick and not present for our family. And um, so that just feels like uh, a breath of fresh air, fresh air and this restoration. And then my um, oldest daughter, Ella, has been really sick <laughs> the last month, which is like, whatever, we take turns. And she had a concussion um, three or four weeks ago, which I never realized how intense concussions can be and how long it can take to um, heal from them. And I kept thinking, okay, well, a week from now, she'll be better. Well, a week from now, she'll be better. And um, she's a musical theater kid, like Broadway. The I mean, she's never going to go to Broadway, but <laughs> she loves Broadway. She loves musical theater. It's just her passion. And our girls were in a play this weekend, and they've been preparing for this since September. And hmm. somewhere along the way, I guess it was like Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday, I felt like God saying like, reach out and ask for prayer. Like put it on Facebook because I haven't really told a lot of people that she had a concussion unless you see us in a daily life. And um, so I put it on, on Facebook and said, hey, can you guys pray for, for Ella? Like she really needs it. I need her to be able to do this show because if she doesn't get to do her show, it's going to be heartbreaking. And she's really sensitive to light and sounds and she's having a hard time remembering everything, anything. And um, so I think like 150 people were praying for her on Thursday and Friday, which is amazing in and of itself. Yeah. And um that girl got out there and she and killed it. She killed it. Like yeah. she did her show. And then immediately afterwards, it was like her brain shut down. <laughs> I mean, she couldn't even walk after the show. She was in so like, she was shuffling and falling down. But when she was on that stage 
And it just felt like God's kindness. Yeah. Just God's kindness in our family of like, see, I'm here for you. And, and I care about the little things that you care about. Mm-hmm. You know, theater is not that big a deal, but it was everything to her. And she needed that win after the year that she's been through this year. Mm-hmm. And now she's still sick. I mean, we're going back to neurologist tomorrow. She's not healed, but she made it for that little moment. And then, um, so I guess my, 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 what God's doing in my heart right now is just like this kindness of like showing up and mm-hmm. restoring, like restoring Chad and then giving us these little moments of restoration. And we also found out today that our new insurance is going to cover Olivia's $20,000 wow. IVIG treatments. So, Praise God. so that's a huge, like, like, I just feel like God's kindness is, is on us right now. Yeah. And, um, and it's these moments of goodness and grace that get us through the really hard moments, mm-hmm. which I know will come again. Right. So anyways, yeah. so yay. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. I love that. That's wonderful. But what's God doing in your heart, Kendra? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't ask no, you. I'm I just teasing. stared at you. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, well, thanks for asking. Megan. It's funny because we're on video. So now I feel like people can see us, but they can't. Know, they can't. No. <laughs> we're um, just, we can only see Mary on video. So God is doing some major refinement by fire. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and um, and by that I mean it's it's a little bit painful insofar as it's hard, it's hard seeing your flaws and your wounds and mm. and you know. Um, him just showing me parts of my heart that, um, I've been praying about, but not really willing to, um, fully let him in and restore and change where I need changing. And so, um, this past week, there's been a lot of, uh, realizations about myself that, um, the devil could have easily taken and just manipulated and twisted and turned ugly and, um, really just spoken lies. But, um, by the grace of God, I was able to discern, okay, these aren't lies from the enemy. These are, are truths from the Lord that he's nudging me mm-hmm. down this path of, um, shaping and molding and forming, um, and changing. And that's hard and it's painful. Um, so I have this deep peace and going through this and going through the furnace, um, and just trying to surrender all that I can to it into the process. And yeah. so tell them about your scripture this morning. Oh, was that today? Yesterday. Morning. That was yesterday. I don't know what day it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that he's, he's shown me is, um, I, I, I love being a mother, but I haven't fully surrendered to it. And, um, I was in prayer two mornings ago, which I've been trying to wake up early two weeks ago. And I just couldn't for the life of me, wake up early before my kids wake up and just have some quiet prayer time. And so two, two days ago, I finally did. And it was just 15 minutes before I was like, I'll just do baby steps, 15 minutes. And I was just sitting there in prayer and the Lord led me to first Timothy. And, um, cause I, you know, in the morning, my brain is not awake. And so I'm like, God, what do I do in this time with you? <laughs> um, and so then I, I opened up to first Timothy and chapter two was instructions concerning prayer. And I was like, well, thank you for that Lord. Um, <laughs> and then the end, the last, um, verse of that chapter, it said, yet woman will be saved through childbearing. And if she continues in faith and love and holiness with modesty. And so it just directed me. And that's what gave me peace and, and confirmation mm-hmm. that it is, it is through this path that he's called me, my vocation as mother, that 
I am going to grow in holiness and be sanctified and stretched and all the things. Um, and so it was just a beautiful, like, I got you girl beautiful. moment. So. I just want to say the fact that you're tired and half asleep and you hear the Lord clear enough to find first Timothy in your Bible <laughs> and read that just blows my mind. <laughs> like that's you tired. Well, you thank you. Spirit that well. I'm <laughs> impressed. That's awesome. Yeah. So Mary Bielski. Yeah. What is God doing in your heart? Oh, um, I would say a little bit of both of what you're saying. I think, um, he is calling me back to him after a long season. 2020, I think was a harder last year was a little bit hard, like with COVID and losing every financial (laughs) Avenue that I had as a speaker. And, and I actually was fine with that, but just, just a lot of shaking. And in the beginning I was fine, but I felt like I had more time, but my prayer life wasn't flourishing and just really running from God and, and a lot of my own stuff kind of coming to the surface. So I, I reckon I, I feel that right. That idea of like all my stuff and comparison or Instagram. And I love hate relationship with all social media and um, just all my weakness. I think that was a lot of last year. And I felt like um, this year it's been last year. I had it. My, my theme was surrender last year and I chose it before COVID hit. And I felt like it was like the ongoing kind of, because I feel like part of my journey has been, we'll talk a little bit about this, but the movements of healing and restoration. And um, there are seasons where you have to lean in and push and there are seasons that you have to yield and abide. And I think they have to be integrated and discerning when you need to push, when you need to let go is part of what the Holy Spirit really shows you. And so I felt like last year I was trying and failing and I felt like it really didn't come just the surface until I surrendered. And then we were in a unique way of, of, so in that this year has been just, I had a really sweet encounter with the Lord a couple weeks ago, months ago, this year, just starting 2021, where he, um, yeah, just a lot of kind of like you have those seasons where you hear nothing and it's like crickets, you know, or yeah. desolation, you know, we use all these words. And then there are these sweet seasons where the Lord just really intentionally shows you he's there. Not like I'm seeing signs and wonders and but just like themes that I'm hearing over and over again, um, most of which calling, calling me back to my first conversion when I was 19. It's almost like this new, it's crazy. Like he's pursuing me and he's really talking to me less about ministry and more about my own heart mm. and about really getting centered on him. Um, and so John 15 is my favorite scripture verse that came up. So that was coming up again, up again, like abide in me, abide in me. Mm. Um and then like Ephesians is like a really deep, I have these certain scriptures that are really deep to seasons of my life. And so all of them are coming to the surface, almost like this culmination, calling me back to my first love. And as silly as that sounds, we can do all the ministry stuff. We can have the kiddos running around. It's so hard sometimes to keep the desire, just like in marriage, right? You have those seasons with your husband that you're like, baby, you look good, you know? And then you have the seasons, these seasons with them that you're just showing up, but you're not really there. Yeah. And the same is true. I think in my relationship with the Lord, it's like that marital understanding of there are sweet seasons and there are, and I think in the midst of the ministry, sometimes I forgot just the, the delight of being in relationship with him. And so I feel like he's reteaching me my first love again. Mm. Um, and it's, it's been hard and humbling because in the midst of that, all my imperfections are coming to the surface as well. So it's kind of a mixture of like, bitterness and beauty and like messy all the things right and but i i honestly think that um yeah just reminding me in the midst of my imperfection that he could still love me and 
um, which is the good news, right? Uh, when, we, when we experience our poverty, there's a beautiful gift if we actually turn to him and not away. In many years of my ministry, I just ran in my poverty or I hid or I tried to perform. And I think that my posture is finally, I think it's because you get to that point where you've tried everything. You've like thrown the kitchen sink, you've read the blogs, you've like, mm -hmm. and you're just, there's a beauty when you can say, I can't and you can. So I think, yeah. yeah so I'm not like in a sweet season because I'm like, I'm oh, skipping through daisies, but I think in the surrendering, I'm learning that like the beauty of that Marian posture, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm in a, yeah, I'm in a really like he's, he and I are kind of in things that I would never do. Like I would never be able to get up early. Like what you're talking about, like I'm doing that and like things that I'm like, how am I doing this? And it's because it's him. Right. It's like, I think there's something unique about that surrendering piece. Anyway, long story you said you're, you're learning to waste time with the Lord. Like, I love that. Just that thought process of like, it doesn't have to have any goal in mind. It doesn't have to, there's no time limit. It's just being in his presence. I think mm -hmm. that's beautiful. I, I think I, I'm a little bit jealous of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's I what, spend that time it just puts him. a beautiful different perspective on things because what do we do when we waste time? We zone out on TV or whatever it may be, our phones, scrolling, social media, and, and to be so content just to waste time with the Lord. I think that's so simple and powerful and beautiful. Well, how much fun is time. it to waste time with your friends or with like yeah. a new relationship? It's just how hours pass by before you even realize it yeah. to have that with the Lord, which is that's that's beautiful. I love that so much. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying. Yes. So now I'm wasting, which is funny because now I have more time with COVID, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, but the beginning, it was grueling. I would say last year, my yeah. wasting time was horrible. It was like, this is not working. My wasting time is like, Counting I was, yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting how you could do the same behaviors and still not have any fruit and what God's the gift of the Holy spirit does is we posture our heart and yeah. it's all him, not me, but anyway, but yes, I waste like, so yesterday I had a last week was crazy busy. I have not been very busy, so I don't want to make it sound like I'm literally staying in my you know, yoga pants all day and zooming. So let's just be clear. Some <laughs> days in my PJs longer than I should admit. And, uh, so I'm not very busy at all. And I had a busy week last week and when I came back on Sunday, just pooped. And so yesterday I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm getting, now I'm, I'm not married. So please, if you're married, this probably could not do this with your kids. <laughs> but I, I was like, I want to date with Jesus. So I literally locked myself, which I wouldn't have done, but I just, I'm like, I just want to spend time. So we read scripture. I took a nap. Like I just, I hadn't, I just took the day off. It was a day off, non-work day, but yeah. I specifically said, I want to spend it with you, Lord. And I just asked him what he wanted to do. And sometimes I zoned out on YouTube, I'm not going to lie. But a lot of it was like, okay, listening to this worship song or laying on the floor with him and just worshiping yeah. him and being with him. And so oh it's just goodness. a sweet, okay. yeah, it's sweet. Sounds beautiful. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So do we want to hear, I love hearing you talk about like just this relationship that you have with God. When did you fall in love with him? When did you get to know uh, him? Well, I grew up, I don't know. My parents were part of the charismatic renewal. So my dad had a conversion when he was 41 and I was very, very like, they had me when I was, I'm the youngest of five. So they had me when I was, when they were older. Um, and so I think I, I, it's funny when you give your testimony, you're always like, it happened when I was 19. My, I think my final yes to Jesus was when I was 19. So I say that that's my conversion, but I grew up at a young age, always having the Lord's hand on me, like my parents and um, having a relationship, but then I just fell away in my adolescence, right? Like mm -hmm. who doesn't just wander? Um, but when I was 19, 
I have to sneeze soon. Just, just so you know, I'm trying to like not sneeze right now. And if it comes out on this, it's going to happen. I'm like, if I make a weird face, I'm like trying not to sneeze. Okay. Um, but when I, so long story longer, I really struggled with a lot of depression and anxiety when I was a young adolescent. just a lot of my worth issues was just an ongoing struggle. And when I went to college, I met a, um, I went to retreat and met a Carmelite nun. And it's just funny how God puts certain people in your life. I met this sister who was had no man, no money, none of the things that I wanted. And yet there was something about her hunger for the Lord. Um, and so I ran up to her after she had spoken and asked her a million questions because I really struggled with the Catholic faith. Like I had a lot of questions about homosexuality, women in the church. I am not a shy bird, you know, Mary, all the things. And um, she just said, keep praying. It's so beautiful. And I ended up visiting these, this community and that weekend kind of changed my life in that there was something, you know, there's these seasons where grace is just more abundant. It's not that grace isn't always poured out, but I think that your heart is ready and God's like, it's just this beautiful time that you're postured. And I think I was depressed and a functional depressed person in college. I think most, I think most women, to be honest, are functionally depressed. <laughs> I think there's so many of us that are just like, we're just making it. And I was doing the party scene at 19 and um, wasn't happy. And so this was just the moment I think I was ready because I was like, uh, yeah. And so I met this, these nuns and another woman was discerning religious life when I went to visit them. And she barged in my room, sobbing, crying out to God. Like, I love him. I love Jesus. I don't care if I'm married. Just kind of professing for love it scared the crap out of me because I was so startled by it and yet it was so beautiful to see this 19 year old girl like saying I'll do whatever you know and for me as 19 I, I remember just tears coming out of my face because I didn't know that love like here I am I couldn't I was like worried about giving up partying yeah. and this woman when you think about the saints and mother Teresa like cleaning leeches out of people's legs and laying their life down and, you know, St. Francis, you know, stripping off his clothes and giving it all to the poor, like these extreme. And then when you come up, when you come and meet people with that passion, that love, you're like, what am I missing? And so I remember being like, I want whatever it, whatever I experienced in their totality with these sisters and with this young girl, I wanted that. If you're real God, if I can know you like that, I just remember driving home in silence and saying, I want to know you like that. And he wow. began to crash into my life that year. Like I like became a holy, you know, just like I started going to daily mass and just so, and I didn't know anything about the church, even though I grew up in the church, but I remember just this season of like, oh my gosh, like learning about the Eucharist, even though I knew it, learning about the teachings of the church and just everything kind of coming together in the symphony. And I fell in love and, and, uh, but that makes it sound great. So when I, so I, I will say this, when I, um, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much, but I'm going to no, finish with this. Why you're here. When yeah, I have no, my season. So I want to just say when I work with people um, in my website, you'll see like three phrases, like be his, be brave and be you. And I think of it as the, the, the Christian walk, like be his, is that kind of fall in love with Jesus, be his beloved, find out who you are. Be brave is that second process that you've given your life to him. But now he's like, okay, I'm going to ask for everything until you look like me. So every lie, every sin pattern, every self-protection, and that's a brave process. That's what you both are talking about is like when you're with your husband and you're wrestling or when you're with your kids and you see your mess, like how that, that big, that middle phase of like, and I'm, I'm still in it of that rest, restoring our hearts, which is going to happen until we get all these processes will happen until we get to heaven. But, but I think um, that be brave is probably what I speak the most about because I'm speaking to more adults. 
And then BU is more of like, God has a, it's kind of this being sent, like the specific gifting that God has called you to be in the world um, that's unique to your purpose. And I, so it's funny because I think you were asking me about my conversion. I'm like, which one? Because each season of my life, like my, I spent a decade doing inner healing work. So it's like, I'd started doing, I started, I had my whole conversion. And then shortly after that got involved in speaking and I was 20 something and I wasn't prepared. And I had all this. So you find Jesus, but all your stuff isn't fixed, right? Like you find Jesus and then you kind of do the Jesus stuff and then you sweep everything underneath the rug. And I remember starting to give speaking events and I had a lot of shame, unworthiness that would still get hit. And I remember being in my early like late twenties, early thirties, burnt out on doing the whole traveling ministry thing and thinking, how am I so depressed and sad and knowing, and I know that you love me. Like I, I was in love with him, but I was like, why am I still struggling? And the Lord invited me for many years to do. So this is what I, like, I'm kind of more in the, how can I help adults <laughs> as I've gone a little bit older, come to the greater freedom of who he calls us to be and wrestling with those lies. So, um, so yeah, so my last my last many years in ministry has been my own restoration. Um, and I'm hoping that like be you, right? The freedom to be who you're called to be is where I'm going. <laughs> I'm doing all three, but like, I think that's kind of yeah. what the Lord has done. And, um, but many years of inner healing work. So I spent more money like trying to help myself become whole than I did in my master's. So there you go. Yeah. Just well, like a lot I of travel. I resonate with that so much because I, um, was not really raised in the faith at all. And I had a friend who had a huge conversion in front of me. And I said those same words you said, like, I don't know what that is, but I want that. Like, I want what she has. <laughs> and I don't know how to get that. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to talk to the Lord, but but I'm ready. Like, God, whatever you have for me. And then I ran as fast as I could towards him. And then I had some of those same, like, kind of hit brick walls. Like, I became a youth minister and was just like, you know, working in ministry nonstop. And then it went back to that having to do the work, like you said, like I went through that phase too, mm-hmm. of like life got hard and all these things, it, it was so, it seemed so like wonderful and easy in the beginning. And then you had to really go back and do the slow work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now I feel like I'm kind of in that restoration piece too. Like you just said, that's beautiful. I like the BU. What, what, when do we yeah. get to BU? <laughs> yeah. I guess beautiful. that's just living out our vocation and yeah, it should be be love, but I was like, I don't know. That way it gives a little bit like be, I don't know. Be love, be you, be Jesus, whatever. All the three. <laughs> All the things. Intermingled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So whenever we heard you speak in College Station, um, you just had so much conviction and zeal. And, you know, when you were speaking to me personally, um, there was just a boldness and an urgency behind it, behind your words, but with such tender love as well. So what has led to that your boldness and living that's a great well when I was young I wanted to be a I think it's a gift I don't know sometimes I'm ashamed of it to be honest it's it's funny how we as women can be too much or too little Mm. and sometimes my boldness is a place of shame for me like oh Mary you're so intense and then other times you know it's just this dichotomy that we as women have I I don't know if that's true but I find that it's funny because sometimes I feel like I'm too intense and too this and then other times too little and but the Lord's made me, I guess, like this temperament. Um, I'm very tender. Like I have that tender heart, but I also have like a, like a, just a ferocious desire. I've always, when I remember being in, this is going to sound so crazy, being in eighth grade, I was a deep soul from a young age and also like a, 
a, a, not a very tamed, like my parents gave me a lot of freedom, but I remember being in eighth grade and watching some Oprah shows. It's gonna sound so strange. <laughs> and there was a moment like Oprah, and I remember she was interviewing Brooke Shields and she asked Brooke to be her, um, like for her mantra of life, you know? And I was like, okay, I, I don't know why I always think of this, but she said, I, I never wanna be afraid of the truth. And I remember, this. I will connect this. And I remember just being this eighth grader and I'm like, I want, I never want to be afraid for all that I can be, the truth of who I am. I just remember just like, wow. I've always just been like, even in, who, who in eighth grade is like, yes, I don't want to be afraid of the truth. But I remember, <laughs> yeah, like I was just a deep soul. And I was like, and, and I, um, I don't know. I, I just remember even as a young girl, just having that, I, even one of my things I tell myself is I want the life that you died for me to have. Wow. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. I just believe yeah. like that this has to be real. Like either Jesus is the Lord of our lives and is who he says he is, or I'm doing all this for nothing. And so Lord, like, I don't know. There's just something in me. That's like, I see the poverty and I, I know that we're going to get to heaven and, and like, that is the journey, but something has shifted that I believe that heaven has to get into us. Mm. And that it's a different way. I think sometimes as Catholics, like I grew up just thinking we have to just kind of bear our cross. And, and I, I believe in the power of redemptive suffering. I'm not saying that we're called mm. to prosperity, but I also believe that God came to redeem us now. Mm. And I just, I don't know why he put that in me, but it's just my message. I just, I'm like, I, I want to see a church alive and I want to see the power that Jesus said that he would do in us, right? Raise the dead, heal the lepers. As silly as that sounds, I'm like, okay, how can we, like, I want, I want, I want it all. Like, I just have that kind of boldness and, and I fall on my face a lot, but I think, and I think in the last couple of years, he's really brought me into seeing more signs and wonders and the Holy spirit and the charismatic renewal, which I know people have a lot of fear around. And I know there's reason for that, right? We have to be in orthodoxy. I'm not talking about kind of the extreme like fringes, but I do also believe that there's a new revival. Come. I, I honestly, okay. So I believe that this season is significant because God is calling and shaking the nations for a reason. Mm. I think this, we have, we're in the end times. I'm not saying it's next week. It's been the end times since Jesus came, mm. but I think this century is significant in the, in the history of the church. We've seen more saints and persecution in this season and death. I just feel like there's something about the season and I feel it spiritually. And I, I don't know. I just feel like giddy up yeah, and yeah. I want it. Like, I'm like, Jesus, please. I want, and I, I mean, how fun would it be to live a life where you're not afraid and you're living in the full gospel and like you're healing people and loving people. Like yeah. it just geeks me out. Yeah, yeah, me too. I just would love to see people like really living with the Holy spirit, like really following him and allowing him to just, guide us and, and stepping out in faith and not being afraid, not being afraid to say the wrong things or to mm -hmm. offend the Catholic next to you or, but to just really within church teaching, like follow the Lord. Yeah. Like there's been times where one time I was, um, uh, extraordinary minister at, of communion at mass. And I think it was Easter and we were singing some Easter hymn and it was like about, um, he has risen or something. And it was something about Jesus. And I wanted to like, scream in their faces like this is him yeah. he's right here <laughs> like do you know look up people like yeah. pay attention like there's yeah. just our church has so much beauty and so much like this is this is there's depth there and there's realness mm -hmm. but we have to be open to it we have to allow ourselves to mm -hmm. to really receive 
and be present in that moment, not just show up on Sunday and, and mind our P's and Q's, but like really let the Lord in. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's my soapbox. Well, and I think in the shaking, like, so this, like I've been preaching nonstop on the scripture and Haggai. And I know both of you were like, Oh, I read Haggai last week. You did not right? (laughs) never read it in my life. It's a minor prophet, but he does this beautiful. It's, uh, basically after the Babylonians, um, cast Israel failed to all the idols, they got exiled by Babylon, the Babylonians. And then the Persian empire came in and eventually after like the, the temple was destroyed, all the Jews were sent in exile. It was a horrible time in this church. Um, per, in the Persian king Cyrus sent the exiles, a group of exiled Jews, back to Jerusalem. And so this is during that time, like 525 90 uh, BC. And is this prophet saying, I want you to rebuild the church. And the church is in ruins. Mm. And it's a really a, a smaller group. And I really feel like right now in the church, there's a remnant of smaller, I think the church is going to get smaller. I don't think, I think it's the secularism in our culture is going to get harder to live our faith. And so I think it's going to be a smaller group, but you'll see in the story that as they try to rebuild first, they don't rebuild because they're focused on their own fancy houses, which is our own priorities get totally distracted. And the next season Haggai says they, okay, you guys need to rebuild it. And they, they try but it's kind of pathetic. Like Solomon's temple was so much bigger and huge and gold and they're trying to do it. And it's just this small little thing. Like the comparison was Solomon's temple was 144,000 animals were sacrificed on the first day of dedication. And this new temple, it was like 700. It was just so like, and so there's a story of the elder elderly men weeping over it. And so I say all this because I think there's a sense of this season. I'm, I'm a little melancholic, but I do think that there's, I look at the church and some parts of my heart is weeps over the scandals, over sometimes the apathy and the apathy in my own heart, like the ruins. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of the scripture, why why I'm I'm focusing on it is he gives this proclamation is that in the midst of our efforts and how many of us have tried and tried and failed and we can't rebuild it. He says, I will come and shake the nations. Mm. And I will bring a greater glory of a greater temple. Um, and it's a proclamation of Jesus in the temple of his Holy Spirit. And we being the temple in the body of the church. But I think also in the new Jerusalem. And, and he's talking about the shaking of the nations. And I really just feel like in this season, there's a shaking. Because all of the temples that we've built, you know, are path- not pathetic, but are human made. They've been good. But I think that God is like, everything that's not of him has to go our man-made efforts, our programs, our own agendas, like, and I think there's a, a, re- a reckoning right now in my own heart of my ministry, like, if it gets worse, let's say, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to get political, but like, if it gets harder to live your faith, is your foundation so solidly on me that I could take it all away? And just like St. Paul, you could be in a prison cell singing hallelujah, right? Singing hymns because of your love for me. And I think that there's a, I think he's calling us back to that, that place in Hebrews. It says in Hebrews, he quotes Haggai and it's this really cool line. He says, um, the author says, uh, I'm going to shake uh, what is shakeable so that only what is unshakable will remain. Meaning this sense of everything that is not right. It's in Hebrews, but he's quoting Haggai and he's talking about a time that God will shake. 
and everything that is, is shakable in our kingdom, right? The earthly kingdom um, is going to go so that, and, and it needs to go so that there's room for the greater kingdom, the greater glory. And I think that, and here's the deal. I think that what you're both talking about with the hardness of the season, like being stripped, it's like, it, it does need to go, but as we let go, it creates space for a greater glory. Because I also believe in the midst of all this, as much as the chaos is, is, I don't know, just the hardship in my own poverty, as I give that to him, it gives space so that uh, I do believe there's going to be a new wave for the Holy Spirit. I know that no one's preached this in the church. I just, I secretly am going out because I don't want people to think I'm a crazy lady, but I am like, mm-hmm. he is going to send, a, like, he's going to send great. I just think there's going to be a new wave of the Holy Spirit. I think in the craziness of this time, there's no way that God's not going to show up. And so right. we have to posture ourselves and open ourselves and then get rid of everything so that there's room for the glory of God. That's why he says, I'm going to shake the nations. Why? So that they're all that to wipe away that is not of him and that his glory could fill the new temple. Who is the temple? We're the temple, right? We're the very church in the new Jerusalem that comes through his people who are living the full gospel, the signs and wonders and representing him in a world that needs it. And I think I think he's going to, he's chastising the church first, not to be all Debbie Downer, but I think there is a a call to repentance right now, or a call to shift and turn and all, and it looks different, whether it's you and your husband and surrendering to your kids, or you surrendering to your patterns and me surrendering and the little things and the big things and all of us having different issues and challenges. It's unique to the individual person, but I think this is the first time I've ever seen all of us having to go through something together. Yeah. And it's, it's because I think there's something bigger than us that we're all a part of. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's definitely not a fluke. And, and yeah. What'd you say? I said, it's definitely not a fluke. You know, it's very yeah. intentional that, that the entire world is going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to make everything like, uh, you know, I try not to make, I know I'm going to, I, I think it's true. I feel, I don't want to be like, I don't want to over-spiritualize. I'm like, no, I'm not over-spiritualizing. I think this is true. So, yeah. And I, I think that's my, like where I am with, with the Lord right now is for the first time, I don't really care as much about ministry and please hear my heart. My heart mm-hmm. is for evangelism, mm-hmm. but I am, I have to get my, my heart on him again. And I, I've always had my heart in him. I mean, you heard me speak two years ago. I'm in love with him, but there's yeah. something more that I think he's asking me to do. And it's a different way of surrendering and abiding that I think I'm, I'm trying to do that even imperfectly. I don't know. And today I did not have good, yesterday was a great prayer day today. Not so much. So I do it imperfectly, but I, um, I don't know. I just, if, if he comes and sends like a new wave, I just pray that I'm there. I just want to see it. I just want to like take, I just am so hungry for like, because I don't think a good talk is going to do it. I'm just so, I mean, it has to be his spirit, right? Where Peter gets up and he gives this amazing talk after Pentecost and a thousand people are cut, cut to the knife. Right. I want like, Jesus, come on. Like that's what, like, cause like even the people that I follow, I follow a lot of different evangelists. It's the ones that even aren't the best speaker, but the presence of the Lord is on them. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what, so I know I'm getting all passionate, but that's my, no, that's good. Yeah. You're you go. going exactly where we wanted you to go. You no, go. The, I totally agree with that. Like there's only so much book knowledge and reading and head knowledge that we can do like there's got to be the holy spirit like like you said it can't just be a talk like, it can't just be this beautiful theological right you know 
dissertation that we hear, like there's gotta be the movement of the Holy Spirit. And right. that's what I'm, that's what I'm hungry for. And I think that's what I miss the most in COVID is that gathering of people in the same room and just allowing the Holy Spirit to move. I mean, there, there's something amazing and tangible about Steubenville conferences. And I don't know that I'll ever experience this type of thing again, because I don't know where I will see this many people at one time, <laughs> but to be in a room with 5,000 people and watch the Holy Spirit work in the hearts, yeah. of it, it's, it, there's nothing like it, you know? And even, even in smaller scale, like just to be able to really invite the Holy Spirit into our prayer lives, into our small groups, into our marriages, into our friendships, mm -hmm. into all of it, like just allow him to move and then to act once we experience him. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, the big thing that's on our hearts with this podcast is that um, we have seen him move in magnificent, incredible mm -hmm. ways. And to bring other people onto this podcast to share their stories of just how God has moved so that everyone else can see he is moving. Yeah. He is there. He is present. He is fully alive and he's real, you know? Um, so Mary, if I could ask you to like, we are all on the same page with yeah. this and super excited. <laughs> you know? yeah. We've been talking about a coming of the Holy Spirit for a while now. And Two years we've every yeah. class we're like, this is the one. This is gonna it. come. <laughs> um, but we know that there's also listeners that this might be totally new to them that maybe not have mm. a prayer life at all. Um, they may feel this nudge and not know what to do with it. How speak into them for a bit, if you don't mind. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like, I don't know. Where, uh, I mean, I think that I would just say that um, God is living and active and, you know, and I know I want to preface this when I said, like, we want theology, right? There's truth. Oh, sure. So I don't want to <laughs> make it sound like a good talk that, that has sound theology doesn't do work. God works in all things. But I think throughout scripture, for those of you who want to context, Jesus, um, the presence of the Lord was in the garden. It was, there was a communion with um, Adam and Eve and, and the father. And, and so when that broke, right, that relational and the, the effects of sin and yada, yada, and the whole story of the Bible is really God drawing us back into relationship, but into his presence. And when I say that it's, um, you know, God appears on Mount Sinai and, and the fire of his presence. And then he says, I will be your people and you will be my God. And then he sends his presence to abide with them in a tent, in a tabernacle, and they fire in, in a cloud and they and they worship and walk. And then um, and then into a temple of Solomon and all these journeys. But it's his presence. It's his it's the very person that walked amongst Adam in the in the garden, the, the intimacy and the presence of the spirit of God who dwells with his people. Even in the the logo is becoming flesh. It says the the translation says he tabernacled among them, like he, wow. and the the translation in Greek is he tabernacled among them, meaning that when the word became flesh, right? It's it's that he came to dwell amongst his people, and then in Christ's death, he he not only kills the power of sin and darkness, but actually gives that very presence to abide in us and transform us. So we can be a vocation to the world. And so I say all that because the Holy Spirit, as much as we poo-poo it, or we think it's signs and wonders, it there's a, a specific way that it calls us to one, sanctify us, which is actually the church is going to lift up higher than, um, than the signs and wonders. But also he says, you will do greater things than me. And I think that in this season, I just, I feel it in my own bones that if, if you're not familiar with the Holy Spirit, 
if you're baptized, then the Holy Spirit is in you. So even if you're not having a relationship with that person, because it is a person of the Trinity, it's probably the secret. The spirit of Jesus lives within you, in your heart, right? So even when we use the language of Jesus is in my heart, it's really the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christ, spirit of the Lord that lives and dwells in us mm-hmm. and Jesus. And, and so I just say that, that I just want to caution, bend your ear to hear that there is such greatness. And so in that, I don't even know what, what I would do. I don't even think I'm answering the question. That was like a theological rant, but I wanted to say that the whole gospel is about, um, yeah, about communion and about becoming one with him, which we will in a marital feast in the end. But um, I think for me, the life of God, the presence of God, we make it sound like often that um, the presence of God is just our experience or our emotions. And I don't want to overemphasize emotions as if they are the primary modality that we come to experience God. But I think that God came to dwell and his presence would be with us. And we have that in the Eucharist, but I, I think also to commission the church to say that there's also an experiential reality where we can come and know him, not only in an intellectual way, but we can know him. We can taste and see the goodness of the Lord. We can experience his love. We can weep in our bedrooms. We can have encounters where the Holy Spirit literally touches us in ways and moves us and I was just at an event in, in uh, December where they were bringing the Eucharist around and someone's eye was healed. Like the blind was healed with the Eucharist. Wow. And I think this is just the beginning. Right. I, and so I just think, and if Jesus said that we were going to do greater things than he, I just think that sometimes we, we put, um, we sell Jesus short. And I, and I guess what I would say in this season is just to get a hunger. The two things that w- will build our life and the relationship with the Holy spirit is, um, is is hunger and now I'm forgetting my other term. I say this all the time: hunger and surrender. Right? Um, hunger, a healthy life in the spirit is a hungry life. So the more hungry you are, it's actually the healthier you are. So if you're hungry, so so how do you actually grow with the relationship with the Lord? You desire it. Just so ask. If you seek and you shall find. Right? Knock. And so if you don't even want it, saying even if I always say when I work with people to begin with just say, come Holy Spirit, or Jesus, I want to know you and begin that hunger for God to make and then setting up time for him to do that work. And we could talk about ways of prayer. I would love to hear how you guys pray. Um, what does prayer look like? That's a whole lovely discussion. But I think in the beginning, just stirring up our desire mm-hmm. for more. I think the the secret to my spiritual life is less about what I do and more about how I hunger and how I continually come back even when I fall. And the enemy, I think the enemy's way, right? The enemy's way is to, if I always say, if you don't give up, you win. In the spiritual life, the enemy works with helping, having us give up instead of keep, keep hungering. So, but how are you guys praying during your Lent? Tell me, what does that look like? And then we'll talk about prayer. So I'm definitely in a weird transition because now I have a baby, (laughs) but, um, and I love her and I'm so excited for her, but you know, babies make things harder. Um, but the way that I hear the Lord the most and feel the most connected is journaling. Um, and it's funny because I can sit and be alone with the Lord and read my scripture, but there's something about having a pen in my hand um, that allows me to hear him back, I think. And it just makes my, almost makes my prayers feel like double. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> but if I thought the same thing in my mind versus writing it down, it's like a different level of intimacy for me, I guess. Um, but I still struggle with having that day to day time with him. Like I'll, sometimes I'll go a week or two before I pick up a pen again. And I want it so bad. Like, I love that hunger and surrender. 
Yeah. Cause I do hunger. I just don't always take the next step to actually make it happen. Surrender. <laughs> you know, the surrender. Yeah. It's a part I'm missing. I think sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I, I talked to him, I realized that I talked to him throughout the day and little bits and pieces, you know, mm-hmm. um, but to sit down and to listen and to be more intentional and deliberate about it is what he's been really kind of knocking on the door of my heart to do. And it is so sticking hard for me to wake up early. <laughs> so hard. Um, but in that hunger, like what you said, just completely hit the nail on the head for me because I have that hunger, but I'm not willing to do the hard to surrender to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this past week, I've been really working hard to do that and not in this big, glorious way, um, not an hour before my kids wake up. It's just a little bit, but it's been so fruitful and blessed. And so I'm just trying to be faithful to that. Um, but he shows up, he shows up so beautifully. And my, my, my lifeline is my holy hour. I go to a holy hour once a week and um, I wish I could just do that every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, just to be in silence and just to let him take me where he wants to take me. So I've been really just trying to cultivate like more ways to grow in my delight of him. And, and then sometimes last week I had this moment of, um, I had a conversation with somebody that really rattled me and it was so interesting because I was angry for like a week. I don't get angry very often. Like I'm like, not that I don't ever get angry, like, but you, you know, I got angry. Like it really, this conversation really rattled me and it hit some old wounds and I was really upset for like the whole week. And I kept going to the Lord, trying to fix my anger. And he was like, fine with my anger. And I was like, okay, Lord, that doesn't make sense. Like, and he's like, I'm okay with the fact that you're angry. And then he would talk to me about it a little bit, or I would like, okay, that's fine. And then, but he's like, I just want to be with you. Like, sometimes I think we go to him thinking that our, like our problems are like the reason why we, like we go to him to fix our problems when many times he just wants to be with us and he's not worried about the things that we're, he's not worried about our dirty kitchen. Yeah. He's not worried about us not having something in on time. Like sometimes we are more, we put all these pressures on ourselves where he's like, I'm not worried about that. Like my car is a mess. I'm not this perfect person. I get frustrated with my kids and some things he might want to say, yeah, let's talk about that. But he's less, I think he's less upset with the condemnation that we have, that we come to prayer with. Mm. And he's more about the delight of being with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. like that's what he's teaching me. And I'm like, I know, wait, I, I can I pull out a list of all the things I do wrong. And he's like, I don't see that list. I see my son in you and I just want to be with you. And the crazy thing is the more I do that and I focus on who he is, it takes my focus off of my stuff, which I'm a perpetual, like I can just focus on my needs and my imperfections so much that it became my whole storyline. So I'm just learning this now that I'm like, I've done all these years of ministry and you're telling me you don't want me to focus on it. He's like, well, maybe, I mean, I'm like, God, you told me be brave, go after it. He's like, yeah, but then surrender it. Cause (laughs) you know, like, so it's both in, like, don't ignore it, bring it to me. But in the end, like, don't make that your identity, you know? Yeah, definitely. This is what I say. So this is what I think we should do. We should do like a challenge for Lent. Can we just do this? Yeah. I don't know what I'm making this up, but I think if you're, if somebody's listening right now and they're like, I don't have a relationship with the Holy spirit. I sit in prayer and I don't hear anything. I get distracted. 
let's talk about all three of us. Like what, not the challenge of like, do it, but like, let's talk about practicals that might help people Yeah, like how in do you, prayer for Lent. Yeah. So what, let's, let me ask you guys, what is the hardest part about prayer? Hmm. I would say my mind, not necessarily wondering, but also wondering at the same time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, my mind just going places and just talking and da, 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 da. and then I realized, oh my gosh, I need to shut up so I can hear God talk and just be here in, in this moment. You know, that's one thing that I, mm-hmm. I have. I think to, that's maybe why I journal is because it keeps me from getting distracted and going mm-hmm. off on a tangent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. What is the hardest part for me right now? It's time for sure. But for someone who hasn't had that experience yet, of really hearing the Holy Spirit, I think it's that surrender piece. I think it's being in a place of, of vulnerability and allowing um, your heart to be accessed and not just in a place of um, a to-do list in prayer, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes we get a to-do list where we're like, okay, I'm going to pray for this person and this person and this person and this mm-hmm. person instead of just being in his presence, like you said, like allowing that intimacy to grow. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you switch from one mode to the other. Well, that's a great little segue. If you've heard of this, it's called Emmanuel prayer, which Emmanuel means God with us, which is a, a model. Um, and I'm forgetting the gentleman who thought of the different model, but basically in our the left side of our brain is more information. It's learning, it's facts and order. The right side is more imagery and emotion. And sometimes we go to prayer only doing the left side where we're trying to say a prayer and think the right side is really what's more connected. And so the manual is really about connecting the heart to the experiential part of prayer. And so what I'll do is I'll just ask the Holy Spirit to remember or remind me of a time where I was close to him. So, and the Holy Spirit will highlight either, sometimes it's a hug, sometimes it's a conversation or a sweet season. And I go back to that with him and have Jesus come into that memory. And I just spend time with him and he'll take me places. But I know that sounds weird. I'm not like imagining it. I'm just saying like, I think a lot of times we, we miss the experiential part of letting Jesus come into a time and a place. And so I would just throw that out to people as a new method of, of when was the last time you experienced just this time of safety, maybe it was with your kids. And so just going back to that time of holding your kids and ask the Lord, like to show you what's great about that. Or what do you want to tell me about this? And have him start speaking in that experience of what, like maybe as you hold your kid and that's your memory, he's going to say, it's because I look at you that way, mm-hmm. right? Or the Holy Spirit will sometimes bring me a memory. Um, like some stuff, I'm like, why are you bringing up this memory? But in general, it's because he's showing me something. So mm-hmm. um, it's a new method that's really been helpful for me because I can spend a lot of time just, okay, Lord, what do you want to say about this? Mm-hmm. And, or, or I'll visualize myself sitting on a bench with him and talking to him on the bench. This is kind of like your journaling or I'll visualize myself. Um, like on like last week I was really tired. So honestly, my prayer was like lying in my mind's eye. I was lying on this raft with him and we were just going down the water and just being together. And I was like, I'm exhausted. And he's like, it's okay. And just doing those kind of visual things, I think it helps us. So, so it's not so much like I'm going to just say these words, mm-hmm. but like I enter into an experience with Jesus a, a lot when I pray. So throwing that out as a two sensor, but I use it, I use it all yeah. the time just to connect to him is, is bring, I go back to a memory from last week or Lord, where do you want to take me today? And I have a whole inner world of 
imagery of like going on the gazebo with him as silly as it sounds and and I don't know just yeah I do all these like what do you do with Jesus I literally go like I'll go places or he'll take me places or I'll ask him sometimes we'll just sit on a bench and I'll talk to him or yeah sometimes I don't do any of that and I can't visualize at all and I'm just journaling so every prayer time is a little bit different but but just surrender to that I think that's beautiful I think for me as like a um bridge baby step I think I would need to try it in adoration for the first time you know, like really present with the Lord, I feel like I would be a little more successful with the mm-hmm. imagery thing. I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun. Me too. See what happens. You want to try too? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll challenge each other. Try yeah. it. Just say, Lord, show me a time where you were with me. Yeah. And then, that's beautiful. But I love going back to the last, to a moment where you felt the Holy Spirit. I think that's yeah. me loving that. Yeah. Well, this is wonderful. I could sit here and listen to you talk about the Lord for hours longer, but <laughs> we should probably get wrapped up. I know, we got to go to bed. Well, let me end with, can I end with prayer? All right. So everybody listening, and if you, if you need to cut this down, go for it, but just end with this prayer. So heavenly father, if you're listening, you're driving, don't close your eyes, but if you can close your eyes for a minute and just take a deep breath. Come Holy spirit. Come with your presence. Lord. Jesus, I just dwell with you. I praise you. I just thank you for your sweetness so good I ask just for peace that surpasses understanding to touch every listener just your peace and your presence right now Holy Spirit I ask for every listener that they could come to know you not just with an idea but your presence Holy Spirit would you come to every ear to every heart to every story today and just touch us remind us who we are and who you are And I ask just for a baptism of the Holy Spirit on every listener. Right now, Lord, as they listen, would you just release from the top of their head, the bottom of their toes, a presence of your spirit? Would you start moving in their heart during this season and start speaking to them in their secret place of prayer? Would you awaken their hunger for more and even their desperation in places that they don't know where to go? Jesus, we surrender our hearts to you today and ask that you would come. And we say that confidently, knowing that you will come to your children to give us bread and not a stone and not a serpent. And all those who ask of the Holy Spirit, as you say in Luke 11, you will give us food. And so, Father, I ask that you would just pour out your life, your freedom, your joy, and you'd bless us, Lord, to come closer to you in this Lent and more intimacy to know you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Um, it's so fun to have, you know, the actual Mary Bielski on our podcast and get to, <laughs> to Mary Bielski you and share you with all of our friends. And I can't wait to see um, how God uses this time that you've had this year um, Yeah. And, and what he does with your ministry in the future. Amen. Awesome. Keep praying. Uh, yes, Thank God you. is so good. Thank you so much. Bye. You guys.